0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Keeping It Local podcast powered by First Federal Bank. I'm your host, Richie Burke, and today we are going to talk about the rise and future of digital banking, which has exploded over the last year, year and a half with the pandemic, as well as other factors with decreased in-person branch visits and increased digital activity convenience is no longer defined by geography. It has been redefined based on the simplicity of the engagement, speed of delivery, and a personalization of solutions. More importantly, both the depth and value of relationships are growing based on the number of digital engagements initiated by each customer. Therefore it's necessary for financial institutions to optimize each touchpoint of a customer's journey to bridge the gap between customer expectations and the current delivery of products and services. So what does this mean for you? Here with me today to help break down the importance and future of digital banking is our very own Rick Beitler, VP of Consumer Banking here at First Federal Bank, and joining him out of Austin is Patrick Dixon, Senior VP and Chief Research Analyst and Executive Strategist at Kasasa. Rick and Patrick, welcome to the show. Thank you.
1: Hey, everybody. Glad to be here.
0: Um, so Patrick, for those of you who are not aware, can you tell us a little bit about
1: what you do? Yeah. So um, I'm a professional nerd, um, <laughs> but I, I do that here at Kasasa um, as a as a day job. So what we do at Kasasa, you know, work with a lot of community banks and um, provide different technology services and marketing a lot of fintech, you know, quote unquote type stuff. But um, my job is to Really help our partners, you know, take data and insights and apply them to, you know, how it could impact what they choose to do uh, with other partners and how it impacts their their, you know, consumer portfolios.
0: Mm-hmm. And Rick, you uh, you just joined the bank about a year ago. That's correct. Yeah. What did, how, how's it been? What's your role? here? A
2: great experience. Uh, what I'm doing on a day to day basis. Obviously, I'm the vice president of consumer banking. Uh, so I am a touch point for a lot of our customers. I uh, I also. Uh, And working uh, with every branch that we've got and uh, directly working with our uh, back offices to provide services and uh, opportunities for our customers to uh, expand their uh, banking experience. Mm -hmm. And can you guys touch on exactly
0: what digital banking is and how the pandemic has really flipped traditional banking on
2: its head? Yeah. Uh, Patrick, do you want to touch that first or...
1: Why don't you go for it? You you okay. you give us the definition of the the digital banking. Maybe I I I can chime in but um, yeah my expertise yeah. is more on how it's impacted people.
2: Sure, I, and and I think digital banking at its easiest description would be the combination of online banking and mobile banking. Um, You know, uh, online banking has its roots going back to the 90s. Uh, Mobile banking has come obviously more uh, recent than that. Uh, But the combination of having those things is uh, online banking, you're kind of at your home, you're able to log in with your PC. Uh, And able to do the things from your house where mobile banking has really taken it to the next step and allowed people to really access their banking from anywhere Uh, You're able to go to the grocery store and check what your balance is before you buy your groceries You're able to make a transfer at a restaurant to a friend who just paid the bill Uh, It's really opened up the opportunity for people to take things on the go Um, so I really think the combination of that online banking and Mobile banking has is really kind of a good definition of what digital banking is nowadays.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I think, you know, there's there's sort of two definitions of it, right? There's the the definition coming from the the side of the banker and what they see as, and then obviously from a consumer's perspective, it's probably going to boil down to what they can do with their phone. Um, yeah, so like from an impact when it comes to um, COVID, man, like what hasn't changed? Right, yeah. I mean, it's been a, a horrible time for uh, consumers and, and just you know interacting with people in general. But um, you know, consumers have had to adjust their expectations from how they interact with their banking partners. So a lot of folks that are used to sort of a brick and mortar, in person sort of conversation with their their banks, you know, have gone to like things where they have to um, you know make appointments. To get in and see people, or try and shift over to, you know, using the the mobile services that their their community bank might provide, or potentially they've begun to look for sort of digital only partners. So a lot of increased competition and, and sort of uh, more people looking for those eyeballs and those opportunities to to get those folks in.
2: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think what the Thing that I see more on a consumer side is the expectation for digital banking has changed for the customer. Uh, they want a flawless experience. Uh, they want to have that touch point uh, on their in their hand, ready to go, and they want it to be seamless uh, and have the experience almost like going into a branch and having the expectation of that somebody's going to be there to c- take care of them. They have
1: that expectation
2: now for digital banking.
1: Yeah, that's true. I also think that when it comes to those consumers, you're right. Like the the expectation from a consumer's perspective, like the bar is the same for a community bank as it is for any other company. So I mean Uber, Airbnb, it doesn't matter. Like they're all like the consumer is going to measure them the same. So whatever exactly. they see as good in general is what they're going to apply uh, across the board, yeah, and and they're not afraid to pick and choose based on experience. Absolutely, right? it's not yeah. necessarily. I mean, product obviously is is the main reason they began to look, uh, but once they find parity there, they are there is zero qualms in their decision tree about going with the one that feels the best to them that gives them a sense of community that reduces like the fomo you know fear of missing out that kind of stuff so um yeah it's um you got to be Johnny on the spot with with your digital experience
2: you're absolutely right i mean you can go and book a hotel room a flight and a reservation for dinner within 10 minutes that customer wants that same experience when they're online for their banking. They want to be able to make a transfer to their uh, friend for dinner. They want to be able to set up an ACH to someone else or uh, do a transfer online, check their balances, whatever it is. They want that to happen and they want that to happen quickly. Yeah, that's fair. In as far as the
0: future of digital banking, we've obviously seen a big transformation, which was even starting before the pandemic. The pandemic just seemed to escalate everything and speed everything up. Is it just just more more of this? More expectations for remote banking, a better experience, speed, convenience. What what are, are some of the things that you guys are seeing, you know, a year to five years down the line? Yeah, I think yeah. a lot I of mean, that. Sp- oh, go ahead.
1: I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, please. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say. I think speed and convenience are are probably like the important factors. I, I think the consumer's definition of what uh, customer service and and all of what that entails is is changing. Right. The I, I saw a stat from the Census Bureau the other day that said that the largest ten year cohort of the population is like the twenty five to thirty four year old bracket. Um, which is a much younger individual than most, like the average age of most community bank customers, and those individuals have grown up in a different time and now are being impacted by, um, you know, COVID and those types of things. So their expectations are going to be very different. So the the pace of change and what they expect is going to be largely driven by what rick was talking about which is like the ability to do anything and um you know it, it we still have a shockingly low amount of community banks across the country that even offer online account opening so to jump from not having that to having the world's most seamless you know mobile banking experience i, I think is probably impossible um and, and so i think there's there's probably a need to for a, an executive to understand like look you can't can't be all things to all people right out of the gate. Like there has to be you have to find the ways to to still get those customers and also offer the services, knowing that you don't have Bank of America's resources to create that necessarily.
2: Yeah, I would agree with you. I think the customer experience uh, for the future is going to be that seamless transition uh, into digital banking and it's going to be where customers are able to do anything pretty much immediately, open an account online, apply for a loan online, um, and those things need to be happening much quicker than what they are. And I, I think that goes back to what you said, kind of about community banks and uh, creating that culture is going to be kind of a change that banks are going to be seeing in general. Um, you know, embracing new technologies, uh, distributing data uh, to their clients and customers, Um, you know, and uh, just getting more of a in-person touch or feel uh, through that digital banking, I think is going to be something that we're going to see going forward as people are continuing to take on these new technologies and developing their back office to be able to maintain what's happening with the digital world.
1: Yeah. How do they do it? Like, I totally agree in terms of that personal touch. How do community, uh, community banks replicate that in a digital space, right? That's been the the hallmark of, you know, the handshake, like the meeting of people, the conversations yeah. that lead to the deeper business and those types of things. When you remove that, how do you, how do you synthesize that in, in a digital engagement? What have you seen, right?
2: Well, I think a, a lot of that is uh, engaging third parties. Um, and, cultivating those external relationships. Um, Realizing that the community banks, uh, as much as we want to be uh, holding everybody's hand and be a part of every situation uh, that happens with a customer, uh, the realization that you really can't be. um, And having external partners um, and and finding the people that this is their expertise and utilizing what they do Um, And allowing that to kind of infiltrate your back office and changing what you're doing, uh, kind of like that aspect, I think would be a good point for an executive or someone in a community bank to be looking at and and saying, hey, you know, we we maybe don't have the opportunity to do all of this, but we can utilize these businesses or companies that are experts in this type of field and, and really be able to build your digital banking platform off of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah that's uh, I think that's true and like that resonates with with me being one of those third true. parties <laughs> but I think yeah. there's also a, a hesitancy um, when it comes to partnering with folks and I think that's probably what's held some community banks back potentially is is the the feeling of a a loss of control of the the customer relationship does that make
2: sense? Yeah, I I th- I think so. And uh, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, but even with, you know, no matter what, everybody in community banks, we always have a, a third party that you're working with, right? Uh, you, sure. you can't do everything on your own, right? Um, so, but it's the relationships that you also build with those people to allow uh, banks to have, or community banks specifically, to have uh, a part of that relationship um, cause truly, you know, the third party is in the background more often than not, they're not the ones that are reaching the customer or touching the customer base. It's either a product or a service that they're offering that the community bank needs or wants to provide to the client. So I, I, I think I get what you're saying, but I, I, I think the feel is still there and the, the opportunity to yeah. handhold and be the face is still the opportunity for the bank to have, um, it's yeah. just about the partnerships that they're creating and those relationships that you build with those people.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. It's like a partners or fintechs or whatever you want to call it, third parties, they can either be friends or foes. And there's probably a whole lot more friends out there than, uh, than people think. Not everyone's a foe, like a chime or something. Not that I'm saying chime is everybody's foe, but you get my point.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I think I do. <clears throat> Excuse
0: me, kind of segueing into the next question, I was gonna ask um you know Patrick, you work with a lot of community banks, Rick, you are part of a community bank at first federal. What are the importance of community banks as things move more digital, and do you think things will go completely digital or there's still value to that face to face interaction, and people are gonna want that omni channel brick and mortar slash digital experience moving forward,
2: yeah. I, I think community banks are, are, are extremely important, uh, I mean, for the economy and for local businesses um, and just local people in general. Um, they provide a service and, uh, the, again, that, uh, that opportunity to provide that individual attention for someone uh, to really kind of get into what is, what is it that they want to do and be able to help them. And, and I think that digital banking helps them do part of that, but there's still a need for somebody to have a contact and a need for somebody to be able to feel like, hey, if I do have a problem or if I do have an issue, I can reach out to Rick or I could reach out to Patrick and say, hey, this is going on. Uh, can you help me with that? And I think that community bank has the, uh, that feel and will always have that feel for those clients and those customers.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. I think the, I think it's impossible or unlikely, I guess impossible is a really strong modifier. It's unlikely that a, a complete shift away from a, a brick and mortar uh, system will maybe ever occur, but certainly not in the, the foreseeable future. But I think with what we've seen in terms of the changing demographics of, of the country in terms of age, there's a and just ability to do things with our phones. There's certainly going to have to be a shift in how typical business gets done, and the other fact remains that community banks are clearly, you know, the the sort of preeminent driver of of things like small business lending and and what they do for the communities. Uh, things that that certainly fall far outside of you know the the scale of a Chase or Bank of America, who obviously do great things at a scale, but they don't cover all of the needs and, and aren't trying to. Um, and that's where the community banks come in. And without them, we you know restaurants, um, you know mom and pop stores, like just anything that is less your than local teenager a trying to get a check in would would be unable to to get access to the the business that they need to.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think digital banking brings it to bring it kind of back to that. And what we've seen is, you know, maybe less locations, uh, maybe smaller locations, um, and, and even inside of those locations, having more of a digital presence, uh, than the just traditional teller line. Um, I think those are the things that are going to kind of be going away you're not going to be waiting in line necessarily uh with 10 folks behind you and have the ropes that you're waiting through anymore uh, i think that's those days are kind of behind us now and we're going towards more of a smaller homier feel with uh, more of a digital opportunity inside of the branches even than what we have today
1: yeah uh, and i think it's i think it's possible that that shift is going to be far more positively received by consumers than than people want to admit. Like maybe this is just me speaking from an introvert's perspective, but Mm -hmm. man, like that sounds so much better to me. Like if anything, like the fact that I can like make my grocery orders online and pick it up, like is so much more enjoyable to me than standing in line at a grocery store on a Sunday evening. Trying to to fight a line, and if I can do anything to make that experience easier, and still get the the service and the connection and all of those types of things, sign me up all day long. Yeah,
2: and I, I would agree with you. I think I think there's the majority of the people are going to have that same reaction. Um, I, I I think that part of it is because of the technology. It, it really makes it easy for the clients. Um, yeah. And and when you're in the bank, I think that ties into a little bit more of the concerns that people have about digital banking, which is security, right? And when Mm -hmm. you're inside of the bank and you're able to still use these digital banking options and this technology that is being offered, I think that makes the customer feel more safe and secure. Um, You know, even though truly digital banking in general has become so much more secure over the last 10, 15 years uh,
1: significantly to protect our clients. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, the, the security aspect of things, which isn't necessarily my forte, but it, you can just, you know, read off the sort of litany list of, of things that have been done to improve you know, yeah. down to the basic level. I mean, the the way that your your phone works and how you can you know secure it and Face IDs and you know um, multi factor authentication. Like yep. it, it truly is very difficult for for anyone to gain access to your information unless you are wantonly trying to give it away. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean- and, 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 and I mean, card practices in terms of like chips and the ability within most mobile applications to control the card uh, with spend limits or turning it off or on and those types of things, like all of that secures the finances so much better, especially from like the consumer's perspective.
2: Yeah, like you said, with multi-factor authentications, I mean, we have behavior analytics where if you're, and that might be something I need to explain, but it's, I mean, essentially where you normally go to a grocery store, um, you know, but you, all of a sudden, you have these transactions that are happening outside of this grocery store. There's programs that can see that what you've been doing is out of the ordinary and it's going to say something to you or send you a text message or an email. It's going to alert the bank and the bank might contact you. I mean, there's been so many like out-of-wallet authentications, uh, You know, SMS were text messages where it's sending things over to you and you have to have these multi-factor authentications to be able to just get into programs. the the changes and the updates that have been made for security have and continue to be developed every day. And it's been a constant battle for banks and concern for banks to just continue to try to push that technology out almost even faster than products and services.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's, that's true. And I think that the, you know, executives and and sort of um, technical folks at the the institutions, you know, they're. It's kind of just depends on on how forward thinking or how open to to change um, that you know a board or a group of executives might be. But the, you know, I, I think there's still a lot of like fear around some of these technologies. But as people adopt them, I, I think. It, becomes clear very quickly that this is the better way to go about doing things. Um, but yeah, getting over that hump. And uh, I applaud anyone that works in the, the IT staff uh, of an yeah. institution that is implementing this stuff to be able to to help people become comfortable with it because I think the consumers are already there. It's more or less making sure that everyone from a staff perspective understands what's going on.
2: Yeah, and I think that that's a great point. Uh, having the staff understanding what that is, and then getting relaying that information to the customer, and and understanding uh, what those specs are that uh, make this app secure, uh, and having those uh, different types of programs that are offered to customers, and having the customer understand exactly what it does for you, uh, and and you know like the uh transactions that you see uh that are out of the ordinary uh or even like a location uh that you're not normally in and it'll send an alert to you um so I, and being able to turn your card on and off you know through your online banking and having all these opportunities that some people just don't know that they already have uh, they have a lot of security already in the in their hand in their phone that they can protect themselves with but they didn't already know that, so it, I think it's educating the customers and and knowing, letting them know, like, "Hey, you've you've got this opportunity. You've you've got these things already in place. You have a lot here already to protect yourself."
1: The, the one yeah, thing I, it feels like. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
0: You can keep going.
1: Uh, I was just going to say, I think the like the card example is a, a simplistic one because I think that's something that people will be really familiar with, and like it's also super important. Yeah. But from like a statistical standpoint, it becomes even more important when we see how consumers have changed, especially during the pandemic, right? If we look at like credit card balances and usage across the board, it's way, way, way down. Like people aren't, there's been so much growth in in deposits and, and, you know, just what's in people's bank accounts that in general, there's been a massive hesitancy to use that type of product, but... Um, debit card purchases and spending are, are virtually unchanged, especially after the sort of initial stay-at-home orders and those types of things came out, uh, at the initial response to the pandemic. Since then, uh, they've been at or above 2019 levels uh, consistently. So like the ability to make sure that that stuff is secure and give access to it is really critical if you want to talk about making sure you're meeting your customers' needs.
2: Yeah, and, and to the pandemic itself, I in the last year, what we've seen is obviously a major rush of banks to try to increase their digital banking platform and offer more services and solutions. And what we've been able to do since a lot of branches were closed, since uh, there wasn't the need for branches to be open, We've really been able to push on security and digital banking solutions and products and services. So uh, it, banks have really pushed really hard over the last year to get these things out and try to make things more seamless for people.
0: Those, those are all great thoughts. You guys really touched on the importance and evolution of security and usually when i'm listening to people talk about cyber security they just scare the shit out of you you guys kind of <laughs> kind of did the opposite of that a little bit um that's that said, obviously there are some threats out on there are there any best practices that you would give to customers consumers out there who are just may, maybe maybe they're on the fence of all this digital banking but they want to make sure that everything is secure on their end
2: yeah um well i, I think Part of it is kind of what we touched on before is uh, utilize the services and products that your bank has now. Uh, talk to your banker and and find out uh, what opportunities you've got and what products and services they're offering right now uh, because there's a lot of them out there and a lot of them are being offered uh, that people technically aren't necessarily utilizing. Um, so I think that's a great opportunity for people, but I mean, down to the basics, uh, you know, protect your passwords, Uh, try to protect your phone, uh, because you're going to be doing most of your banking, like myself, through my mobile app. Uh, You know, have multi-factor authentications uh, through your phone, try to get text messages or things that are sent for you to have additional codes sent. Uh, I think those are opportunities for people to independently protect themselves.
1: Yeah, I think those are, are, are great from like a both a bank and individual perspective, like the making sure that, you know, there's education that you can do for your, your customers around, you know, security and, you know, not responding to nefarious emails. I think there's been a lot of, um, you know, most people that are in the group that is aging up and coming into sort of their prime customer years will understand that. I think the, the folks that probably need more education are probably on the the older side of of the customer age group. I'm not trying to, you know, point fingers at people, but like that's the folks that maybe aren't as savvy. They aren't as used to those types of engagements. But um, obviously, everyone is still much more uh, likely to use these channels. I would say, from a specifically from a bank perspective, you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Like when you're partnering with someone. You know vendor due diligence is a is an incredibly important aspect of um, you know just partner qualification and making sure that those individuals are doing everything on their side uh you know as far as audits and security testing and and meeting standards and how they're utilizing uh technology you know is this someone who is you know doing this in the basement of their you know, building, or is this someone who's relying on world-class technology that has its own safety uh, built into it? So, um, you know, looking for quality and robustness, I think, is is certainly an important aspect of it. And, and just making sure that what those, whoever you're going to partner with, that how they think about things aligns with how the you as a bank um, view security and how Data and that kind of stuff should be secured. It should be important to both parties.
2: Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. And I I like what you touched on before uh, with the uh, maybe an elderly uh, demographic um, and maybe not understanding, um, you know, the digital side of things as much as per se a 25 year old person would. Um, And and to kind of touch on your point, I, I think that this kind of goes across the board for any age, Um, you know, you touched on emails that you don't understand, uh, maybe a text message that you don't understand. Uh, When in doubt, call your local banker, Uh, you know, (laughs) ask them the question. Uh, That's what they're there for. Uh, That's what they're getting paid to do. This is one of the things that we teach them, talk to them about on a consistent basis. And this is exactly what customers should be doing is utilizing their resources and talking to a banker and saying, Hey, did you send me this email? You know, were you guys yeah. supposed to be sending me this text? Uh, don't just open it. Uh, you know, call somebody, ask them. I think that's one of those things that people can take upon themselves, um, you know, and, and kind of protect their information, uh, by just simply picking up a phone and calling somebody.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't mean to be in. Nihilistic, but be skeptical, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah if yeah. it wasn't something that is a direct inline response, like I, I don't trust anything that comes across a text message that was unsolicited, <laughs> yeah, or a phone call, right. or a piece of mail, or whatever. For it's sure. You'd yeah. be looking that up. I mean, reverse search phone numbers. Like, it's yeah. like
2: yeah. is this real?
1: Yeah. I don't absolutely. think so.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When in doubt, call someone. Oh. Awesome. We're going to wrap
0: it up there. Rick, Patrick, thank you guys so much for coming on today, and thank, thank you. you everyone who tuned in to the Keeping It Local podcast today. Thank you very Enjoyed. much. Enjoy. Thanks, everyone. Take All care. Right. Have a good one, Patrick. Bye.